Since 1912, the Better Business Bureau has been an integral part of American business. BBB represents knowledge for consumers, resources for business owners, and accountability for all in a free market. We believe that informed is empowered. Empowered people run better businesses, make better buying decisions, and build better communities. That's why we're broadcasting information you need to know to work better, buy better, give better, live better. This is BBB Presents. Thanks for tuning into this episode, BBB Presents Fighting Pandemic Fraud, Part 1. This is the first part of a two-part series on defending against scams during COVID-19. BBB's Sarah Kemmerer talks with Victoria Yurkovic, Consumer Affairs Manager of the Division of Financial Institutions, about what the Ohio Department of Commerce recommends for keeping your finances secure in a time of global insecurity. Hello and welcome to another episode of BBB Presents. We wanted to change things up a bit and talk about fraud and fraud prevention, which we could talk about fraud for endless episodes. So we are going to host a two-part series with two amazing speakers. To kick off this two-part series, we have joining us today Victoria Yurkovic. And before I introduce you to Victoria, here's a quick plug for next week's episode, which is the second part of the two-part series. That episode will feature Dan Orzano, who is the Manager of Outreach and Investor Education for the Division of Securities, which is under the Ohio's Department of Commerce, and you won't want to miss that episode. And I'm greatly looking forward to today's episode, which will be all about fighting pandemic fraud. Joining us is Victoria Yurkovic, who serves as the Consumer Affairs Manager for the Division of Financial Institutions Office, which is also under the Ohio Department of Commerce. She oversees the division's outreach efforts like in-person events, social media, websites, and media relations. And additionally, she manages the Consumer Complaint Program and the facilitation of financial literacy education to the citizens of Ohio. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sarah. So before we dive in, can you tell me just a little bit about the division and what types of businesses do you all work with? So the Division of Financial Institutions regulates and conducts on-site examinations for state-chartered banks, credit unions, money transmitters, and consumer finance companies. So and when you think about consumer finance companies, that would be anyone who provides general loans, short-term loans, pawn shops, precious metal dealers, and then Ohio's mortgage brokers and lenders. And then within the division, we have the Office of Consumer Affairs, which provides education to Ohioans, like you mentioned um, in my intro. And then we do that through various outreach initiatives, and then we manage the consumer complaints against those entities. All right. Well, thank you for that explanation. I know it can be confusing for consumers to know what each division does and what services they provide. And I think it's important for consumers to know of these services especially when they're there to protect them against scams. Now, I really want to talk about the different types of scams that are out there that have come from the pandemic. And at the Better Business Bureau, we see all sorts of scams day in and day out, and they're constantly evolving. What types of scams have you seen in your office that have stemmed from COVID-19? So we've seen quite a few. Um, 
and it's funny because a lot of them are kind of the typical scams you see yearly, but um, they kind of evolved a little bit because of the pandemic. So what we have seen is an uptick in certain imposter scams. So when we think about imposter scams, it's a scammer posing at someone that they're not and trying to convince a victim, obviously, to give them money or to provide um, personal information. So what we've kind of seen and heard uh, in the last five to six months is maybe a victim receives a call um, or an email from, let's say, like the IRS or the Office of the President, stating that they need information to process a stimulus payment coming their way. Um, or when we had, when there was uh, difficulties in processing payment checks back in the late spring, early summer, and people were either not getting them or receiving debit cards instead, that was a, a good way that a scammer could kind of come in there and, and swipe some um, someone's personal money. Obviously, it's still kind of a concern, especially since there is talks of having a potential second stimulus payment coming towards the end of the year. But that is one good example that we've seen. Another one is just your arbitrary phone call from a supposed customer representative from a bank. So we've had uh, a couple calls where someone said, hey, I received this real funny phone call from you know, somebody called Joe. He said he was calling from my bank. He just wanted to check in and, and update my personal information information to assure my funds are safe, is this legitimate? And a lot of times what we ha we ask is, you know, did they give you an actual name of someone that works at a location that you go to? Is it actually your bank? You really have to look for detailed information. But most importantly, somebody is not going to just out of the blue call you from your bank to make sure that you're doing okay. It's a nice thought. Unfortunately, there's just too many customers to kind of have that friendly um, one-on-one -on -one connection. So obviously that was a red flag for us and, and knowing to give her that information. I was going to say too, we did see a twist on the grandparent scam as well. Um, obviously the pandemic starting in spring really cut into the spring break story that a lot of scammers use. So instead we kind of saw just, you know, grandpa or grandma, I lost my job because of the pandemic. I can't pay my rent. I kind of need your help. And they usually use that quick fear factor to really convince an elderly person, like, send me money, send it through this app, or send it to me through, you know, um, an online source, because obviously some brick-and-mortar locations like Western Union might have been closed. So we saw that variation as well um, in, in our office as well. You know, we've seen really similar things across the board, and I like how you brought up the red flags about those fear-induced messages for the grandparents scam that you just talked about. Um, if there's no contact information or there's no really address there that you can get in touch with if they contact you, which kind of stems from a lot of vagueness that you see on their website, the people that are calling you, they don't give you specifics. It's just very general and generalized information. But also one of my favorite red flags is that to, to teach people is that the IRS won't email you and they won't text me or they won't call you. So just right. letting people know that they will um, only contact you via mail. And these scammers are really good at making these things look real, especially if they're fear-induced. And I've even fallen for them just a few times with, like, online realtors, fake websites. It's so easy to fall for things like this. Um, and since people have been staying home more often or they're on the computer more, have you seen an uptick in those online shopping scams? So interesting enough, um, the FTC, when the pandemic occurred, even as far back as in January, they started collecting scam reports that were 
very much geared towards COVID-19. Um, and when looking over the most recent reports, and even in the last few months, the number one rated scam during the pandemic has been online shopping scams. Uh, so out of approximately 176,000 reports that have been uh, processed in the last um, say eight to nine months, about 26,500 of those were had something to do with online scams. Um, so when we had some callers call us to report issues with their bank, um, saying they don't want to help me dispute an online transaction charge, um, or my bank's not really helping me in this situation, we kind of knew this was going to be a problem during the pandemic. Um, when we listened to callers, it was kind of evident that they weren't really using your typical websites when shopping. They were, you know, kind of pandemic or sites that were kind of just created for the pandemic. Um, yeah, like those services. Shopify websites. Right. And they were offering services. People thought, like, I need them. Um, or, you know, during this time, this is maybe something I, sh I should look into. And that kind of told us that we needed to provide some information about how to safely, you know, shop online um, through much of our outreach initiatives, posting on social. And then, obviously, a lot of the BBB um, outreach events that we've been doing recently, we've really been highlighting how online shopping scams is still an issue, especially during the pandemic. Right, and it's so frustrating when you find these websites online that advertise a great deal. And I know that with people staying home, they've now been able to try something new that they haven't been able to try before, whether it's purchasing a specific product online, a service, whatever it may be. So it's really frustrating when you see these great deals advertised but then you've never heard of or seen of the website before. So a lot of people like to take that risk. But before you know it, you've fallen victim to a fake online retailer. So what can the business owners um, who are listening to this podcast do? And also, what, what can consumers do just to shop safely online? So when I talk about safe online shopping strategies, I kind of focus on four key tips. The first one is always look for the lock. And a lot of people are kind of like, what is she talking about? Um, and I always say never use your credit card on a website that doesn't have what they call a secure sockets layer or SSL encryption installed into the search bar. And you'll know if that is um, evident on the website that you're shopping on if they have HTTPS instead of just HTTP. And a lot of times you'll also see the little padlock icon to the left of the URL in the address bar. Um, HTTPS is kind of standard now on a lot of non-shopping sites. Um, and even enough that I believe it's Google Chrome, maybe even Internet Explorer flags any page that doesn't have that S in there. Um, and they kind of say, this is site not secure. Do you want to, you know, continue? So that's one of the first things I always tell them. The second thing I kind of focus on is, you know, it's simple, but use familiar websites. Obviously, when you Google something, um, you're going to get a list of links that pop up. The farther you scroll down the page, the farther you drift away from possible legitimate websites. So you don't really want to take your chance on something that you just found. Um, the more you know what the site is and you've purchased from before, the less likely you would be ripped off in that situation. Um, a third tip I like to offer is obviously accountability. So check your statements regularly. Don't wait for your bill to come in at the end of the month. Go on your um, bank app or regularly go onto your bank's website. Check to make sure your electronic statements are accurate, whether it's credit cards, debit cards, or checking accounts. Look for any fraudulent charges. 
um, and and just really be on top of it. You kind of have to have a little bit of accountability when you're um, trying to be proactive and stay safe online. You should definitely only buy online if you uh, with your credit card versus a debit card. The reason why is because a debit card can be easily compromised. Scammers have a direct access to your funds. It's harder to have your bank or your credit union try to give you your funds back if it's a debit situation. If it's credit card, there's a little bit more protection. And then the last thing that I like to tell folks is if you can skip the card altogether, that is also a good option. And a lot of people, are, when I say that, they're like, well, if I can't pay off my credit card or debit card, like, how am I going to pay? So a lot of times you might see it in the store, and now it's even more prevalent um, on online shopping, paying for items using your smartphone. So using a mobile app that is trusted and secure, like Apple Pay or Google Pay, uh, PayPal, one of those. And it generates kind of like a one-time code for the purchase so that no one can steal information from you. Um, it also helps you avoid card skimmers. That has been a problem, especially during the holidays in the past. So the less likely you have to swipe or enter manually your information, the less likely a scammer is going to be able to retrieve that credit card or debit card info. Gosh, those are such great tips. I was marking them down as I was listening to them. And I also wanted to mention that when you, um, when you talk about using familiar websites, I always like to mention sometimes it can be hard for a small business to have these very elaborate websites um, because that stuff can cost a little bit of money. So I just wanted to recommend for people to also visit their favorite small businesses' social media sites if they do want to support local during this time, which is probably more important than ever. Um, but when you do that, it's really important to to make sure that they're verified and that you go to their social media account specifically rather than just Googling the name of their website, where that's where you come across those fake online retailers and then you just get get off track and who knows where you'll end up. So you are able to support these small businesses all while um, shopping online. But thank you so much for those tips again. Um, and uh, one of the last questions I had is, Bringing it back to the division of financial institution, how can business owners and consumers use your services and programs? So consumers can visit our website, um, com.ohio.gov forward slash F-I-I-N, or if you simply just Google the Ohio Department of Commerce, it will be the first link that pops up, and there is a way that you could directly go to the Division of Financial Institutions webpage. We have a web a webpage that is completely uh, geared towards that division with lots of resources uh, for all of our stakeholders, but we also have a tab that's designated only for consumers. And we offer a lot of resources, a lot of links, talking about financial scams, financial literacy, just an overall understanding of how finances can affect you as a consumer. We also do provide a way that you can file a complaint against one of the entities that we regulate. Um, so you can call our hotline at 614-644-6508, or you can visit our website and fill out a complaint form that is on our website, and you can actually email it to us or scan it in that way. If you do call us and we can't process a complaint for you, because maybe it is a little bit more of a directed complaint to, let's say, the Ohio Attorney General, or maybe it's something that we would forward to the BBB, we'll do every way, um, everything we can to assist you in giving you the correct contact information or forwarding you to the correct person. And then lastly, we are pretty active on social media. We do have a Twitter account 
at Ohio DFI, and we try to post up-to-date information about financial scams, financial literacy, and really geared towards anything that has anything um, related to our stakeholders' information. So, for instance, during the pandemic, we really wanted to get information out to consumers that own a home and needed mortgage forbearance or assistance. So we try to stay active and up-to-date with any info that we uh, believe that would be beneficial to a consumer. Gosh, so it sounds like there's so many resources out there for learn um, for education purposes, for actually going online and shopping, um, and filing a complaint if need be. So thank you so much for um, just joining me on the podcast today, Victoria. Thank you. Stay tuned for our part two episode of Fighting Pandemic Fraud, where I'll be speaking with Dan Orzano, who is the Manager of Outreach and Investor Education with the Division of Securities. I'm Sarah Kemmerer with your Cincinnati Better Business Bureau, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Bookmark our site dedicated to resources for consumers and businesses in challenging times at COVID19Cincy.org. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at BBB.org.